Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. It is Wednesday, February 19th, and Jake DeBrusque and the Boston Bruins are in Edmonton to take on the Oilers. I mentioned DeBrusque because he is an Edmonton native, grew up there watching his dad, Louie, play for the Oilers. Uh, We'll preview that game here in a moment. Take a look at some wheeling and dealing that is going on around the NHL as well. Uh, my name is Ian McLaren. I'm the host of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren. You can also follow uh, the podcast account at LO underscore Boston Bruins. The podcast is available pretty much anywhere podcasts are available. Uh, if you are an Apple user, I would request uh, that you leave a rating or a review. That would be very much appreciated. And uh, please, everyone else, be sure to subscribe and download on a daily basis, even if you can't get to listen to it. Uh, I mentioned, yeah, the Bruins are in Edmonton to take on the Oilers tonight. Because the Bruins had a couple days off in advance of this game, they were able to get into Edmonton, settled early, and Jake DeBrusque was able to hang out with some family and friends, which uh, I'm sure a lot of them will be in attendance tonight, and hopefully he can impress them as the Bruins, who have won nine of their past ten, look to extend those winning ways with uh, a win here over the Oilers, who won't be an easy out, really. Without Connor McDavid, this team has won three of their last four. Their first place atop the uh, Pacific Division with 70 points. Uh, The Bruins recently lost 4-1 to the Oilers, uh, on home ice. Bruce Cassidy said they played well against us in our building. Uh, he doesn't know if the Bruins had their A game, but credit to them. They did a lot of things well. We didn't get to our game, so that'll be our challenge. We're playing better hockey now as a group. We're healthy, fortunately. Uh, the Oilers, on the other hand, don't have all of their weapons. Uh, with McDavid out, Zach Cassian's out with a... Uh, suspension. James Neal is injured. It was announced yesterday that Oscar Clefbaum uh, will be out of the lineup uh, for a couple weeks. They subsequently recalled uh, a very highly rated prospect in Evan Bouchard uh, from the AHL, uh, presumably to play in Clefbaum's spot tonight. I got to watch Bouchard a lot last year as a member of the uh, London Knights. He and Adam Bokvist who is currently with the Chicago Blackhawks, were a very formidable uh, pairing. And uh, Bouchard has the ability to uh, excel at both ends of the ice. So we'll see if he makes an impact here uh, as a rookie for the Edmonton Oilers, stepping into a battered and bruised lineup uh, for a team that's jockeying for uh, first place in the Pacific, but also uh, a playoff spot in a very tight race out West. Right now they have 70 points. Uh, Vegas is also tied in first with 70 points. Vancouver is one point back. The two wildcard teams are from the Pacific division and they're both only two points back of the Oilers. So very tight. You could go from top of the Pacific to out of the playoffs very quickly these days. And uh, the Oilers do have two games in hand on Vegas uh, and Calgary, three games in hand on Arizona. So that's an ad- advantage for them, obviously. But um, they could very easily 
uh, fall out of the playoff race if they were to lose a, a, a few games in a row here. Um, Jake DeBrusque, he said, there's a lot of jockeying out there. We definitely expect a desperate team looking to get two points. And we understand that we have a team kind of doing the same thing on our side too, meaning the Tampa Bay Lightning who uh, refuse to lose these days and have narrowed the gap between themselves and the Bruins to only one point atop the NHL standings. Um, DeBrusque added, it seems like this time of year, the games kind of get amped up for seeding, anything to get those two points. We understand that no matter who they have in the lineup, they're going to give the best they got. Um, David Pasternak, uh, he is very familiar with Oilers leading scorer Leon Dreisaitl, who also leads the NHL in scoring. The two work out together over the summer. Uh, Pasternak said they have become close friends. He's really happy for him for the success he's having. A great season, arguably uh, MVP-worthy season to date, although Nathan McKinnon probably has something to say about that. Um, he said, it's always fun times with him. We work really hard. Hopefully we can keep him from, uh, you know, building on his scoring lead, uh, in this game. Dreisaitl has 95 points in 59 games. He leads the NHL with 61 points, uh, and he's fourth in goal scoring, uh, with 34. Uh, McDavid has 81 points. Again, he's out of the lineup. He's fourth in the league with uh, Pasternak and McKinnon sandwiched uh, in between both of those players. Speaking of Pasternak, he has fallen behind in the Rocket Richard Trophy race as Austin Matthews scored in a loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins the other day. Uh, actually, last night. I shouldn't say the other day. So uh, Pasternak now sitting on 42 goals. Austin Matthews with uh, 43 goals to his credit. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a preview of tonight's game. I don't anticipate any lineup changes for the Bruins tonight as, uh, they look to, yeah, just continue to roll with the lineup that has been very successful as of late. Uh, Connor Clifton, not yet ready to return, uh, to take, uh, Jeremy Lozon's spot. But once, uh, he is, I would expect Lozon might be returned to the, uh, AHL and Clifton will step in for Grizzlick. Uh, that could happen any day now, um, pending any further moves made by the Boston Bruins. I shouldn't say further because they haven't really done anything yet. And um, yeah, let's now take a look at some deals that were made yesterday. As I mentioned, there were a few trades made in the NHL on uh, Tuesday, most of them involving uh, defensemen. One that relates specifically to a Bruins potential target was uh, Brendan Dillon being traded by the San Jose Sharks to the Washington Capitals for a second round pick in the 2020 NHL draft and a conditional third round choice in the 2021 NHL draft. Uh, Dillon said he is excited to play for the Caps. They have a great opportunity to win the cup. Uh, he was signed by the Dallas Stars as an underdrafted free agent in 2011. Uh, before uh, joining the Sharks, has nine assists in 62 uh, Stanley Cup playoff games. Uh, Washington general manager Brian McLennan said he's got playoff experience. He's a veteran player, physicality, the ability to play with top-end guys, a good character guy. He'll add a lot of energy in the room and on the ice. Physical presence, he checked a lot of boxes for everything we thought 
we needed. Uh, another missed opportunity for the Bruins, perhaps. There were some rumblings that um, the Bruins were in on him as a, a third-pairing defenseman for uh, the uh, yeah job alongside Matt Grizzlick. Uh, the Bruins missed out on him, as they did with Tyler Toffoli the other day. Uh, the other trade was Marco Scandella being sent from the apparently selling Montreal Canadiens to the St. Louis Blues. Uh, that is to fill the hole left by Jay Mo- Bomeister in light of his cardiac incident uh, last week. Uh, they said, we view him to be the type of player we lost. Bomeister was a rangy player, had a great stick, killed plays down low, simple first pass player. Uh, not as strong of a skater as Bomeister perhaps, but uh, he has a powerful shot. The Blues gave up a second-round pick in 2020 and a conditional fourth-round pick in the 2021 NHL draft. Scandella had been selected, sorry, had been traded to the Canadians by the Sabres for a fourth-round pick. So kind of hilarious that the Sabres were able to get more for Scandella than uh, the the Sabres initially were, um, but that's just kind of the way things have gone for the Sabres this year. There's another trade believed to be in the works between the uh, Los Angeles Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights, as Alec Martinez uh, will apparently be traded to uh, to the Knights to kind of shore up their defense uh, in what is hoped to be another deep playoff run for that third-year team. A trade uh, was announced here on Wednesday morning between the Panthers and the Maple Leafs, which is uh, a little odd considering they are uh, both gunning for the third spot in the Atlantic division. Dennis Mulgan was traded to the Maple Leafs for Mason Marchment on Wednesday. Uh, Each forward can become an RFA on July 1. Mulgan has 12 points, 4 goals, 8 assists in 36 games this season, 60 points in 184 games through 4 seasons, all with the Panthers, while Marchment, uh, who is the son of former NHL defenseman Brian Marchment, uh, he only made his NHL debut uh, on January 2nd and has 1 assist in 4 games. So a bit of an upgrade there uh, for a Maple Leafs team that uh, is... Very much struggling as of late. They're four, five, and one in their last ten games, uh, including uh, Tuesday's five-two loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins, a game in which they fell behind five nothing. Uh, the Leafs will play the Penguins again uh, tomorrow night on home ice. They are now only uh, two points up on the Florida Panthers for that third spot in the Atlantic, and the Panthers have two games in hand. Florida will be in action uh, tonight, I believe, uh, in Anaheim to take on the Ducks. The Ducks are uh, way down the NHL standings with only 55 points through 59 games. So an opportunity for the Panthers to make up some ground and put more pressure on uh, a a struggling Maple Leafs team here. Uh, I mentioned on Twitter this morning that, you know, all the talk is how the Tampa Bay Lightning are closing the gap on the Bruins. They're only a point back. Uh, they're 10 and 0 in their last 10. Uh, they've won 11 in a row overall. The Bruins are 9 and 1 and have been able to stave off the Lightning at the moment. But if you look at the conference standings, again, I've, I've said this before, but of those of you who haven't heard uh, me make this point, uh, Boston has the number one seed right now. 
they would play in the first round the second wild card team, which would be the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have 72 points, ranked eighth in the Eastern Conference overall. If they drop to the second spot, they would play uh, the third team in the Atlantic, which is currently the Maple Leafs, who have a worse record than the Blue Jackets and are ninth overall in the Eastern Conference. So under the old playoff format, the Leafs right now would not even be a playoff team. So all the talk about uh, losing first in the uh, Atlantic, you know, it's all pretty relative. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad thing to play the Leafs, especially how uh, they're playing now. Although you can't really make any um, assumptions in the playoffs, as we all know, again, from last year in relation to the um Blue Jackets and the Lightning. I should mention the Penguins were without uh, Evgeny Malkin last night, so that kind of adds salt to the wound for the uh, Maple Leafs. Malkin was just listed as ill, so he should be back for Thursday's uh, tail end of the home-and-home. Let's now take a look at the latest uh, rumors from around the NHL. There's quite a few Boston Bruins notes uh, to mention, uh, coming out from some reputable insiders. Uh, first, an update on Chris Kreider. Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet believes the Bruins, Avalanche, Islanders, and Blues uh, could be interested in New York Rangers left-wing Chris Kreider. Well, no shit. Obviously, we know that uh, the Bruins are interested in him. He mentioned the Capitals as a stealth candidate, but the acquisition of Brendan Dillon probably takes them out of the running. To kick that up a notch, Frank Zaravelli of TSN is reporting the Avalanche and Bruins are the front runners for Kreider. Uh, what does that mean exactly? Well, he says both the Bruins and the Avalanche are well positioned to land Kreider. Colorado has the ability to offer a complete package between their deep prospect pool and ample salary cap space. Uh, they're also currently missing Nazem Kadri, so they have a f- hole to fill there. Uh, he mentions Kreider would be a tougher salary squeeze in Boston, but Sweeney had the magic touch last year around the deadline, acquiring uh, Charlie Coyle for Ryan Donato, as well as uh, Marcus Johansson from the Devils for second and fourth round picks. Uh, Donato, it should be noted, is on Frank Saravelli's uh, trade bait board as well. Uh, basically the decision remains Chris Kreider's. If he wants to remain a Ranger, then, uh, he could work out a deal with them, uh, in terms of a contract extension. If he wants to be a Bruin, he can sign off on that. Um, or if he wants to be an avalanche, uh, you know, that's something that could happen as well. But, uh, again, it's been said ad nauseum, uh, on this podcast and elsewhere that the Bruins and Chris Kreider, linked um and it really looks as though uh, the bruins are a front runner for him and are doing uh their due diligence and trying uh, their very hardest to land Kreider, who will be the biggest prize on the trade market i don't know if any of you follow account for hockey on twitter but um elliot friedman was quoted on that twitter account uh, speaking on Sportsnet 590 radio up here in, in Toronto, that the Devils sent a signal that teams should make offers on Kyle Palmieri and that the Bruins are big on both 
Kreider and Kyle Palmieri. He doesn't think Boston was willing to give up a first for Blake Coleman. Uh, he does believe Edmonton was willing to do a first for Coleman. They really liked him, but he believes Boston would consider a first round pick uh, in a deal for either Kreider or Palmieri. Um, again, I said before that the Bruins obviously sent a first round pick to the Rangers back in 2018 in a deal involving uh, Rick Nash. I think they're well positioned right now to win the Stanley Cup and therefore giving up a first round pick could be either 30th or 31st uh, is not a big sacrifice when uh, a Stanley Cup is very much within their grasp. I'd be more willing to give up a first in a deal for Palmieri considering he has a year left on his contract and they'll get two playoff runs out of him. But um, if they can uh, get Kreider in and make him uh, or convince him to stick around kind of on a team-friendly deal as others have, then uh, that would be that'd be pretty sweet too. Let's be honest. Um, what else do we have here in relation to the Bruins? Pierre LeBrun of the Athletic is speculating the Canadians could likely trade Ilya Kovalchuk if an agreement on a contract extension can't be reached before the trade deadline. He suggests again the Avalanche as the Bruins as possible destinations. Again, the Avalanche uh, have a ton of cap space. They're a very good team, and there are. Uh, really able to add as much as they want, really, uh, depending on how much they want to send back the other way. So they could be in on Kreider, they could be in on Kovalchuk, they could be in on Palmieri, they could be in on pretty much anybody at this point. Um, and, you know, it really just depends on what um, Sweeney wants to do, what he's willing to give up, uh, as to how they're able to block the opposition from taking more of their trade targets as we've already seen with the Foley and Brendan Dillon. Now, as I wrap up the podcast here, the Bruins are taking to the ice in Edmonton for their morning skate. According to Matt Porter of the uh, Boston Globe, my suspicions have been confirmed in that there doesn't seem to be any changes on the way for the Bruins lineup tonight. We'll have the perfection line off the top to brusque Krejci Kuhlman, Bjork, Coyle, Heinen, Nordstrom, Corrali, Wagner. And on the defense, we'll see McAvoy with Chara, Krug, Carlo, Grizzlick, and Jeremy Lozon with Rask expected to start in net. Uh, we have a back-to-back situation coming up here Friday and Saturday in Calgary and Vancouver. So expect uh, the two goalies to split those two. And we'll see which of them gets the call against Calgary. Uh likely Halak just to give Rask that extra day off in advance of a big game against the Canucks on Saturday. Canucks team that stole Tyler Toffoli from us, uh, but will also be without Brock Besser for the foreseeable future, which kind of expedited that deal uh, in case you missed uh, general manager Jim Benning making that admission yesterday. And quite frankly, I think we should all be thankful that Jim Benning was hired by the Canucks uh, so that when uh, Shirelli's job became available, it went to Don Sweeney and not to him. That's it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. A bit of a quick and dirty one today as we yeah, just look ahead to um, tonight's game. Try to keep an eye on the latest in trade talks and rumors and also... Um, yeah, just some news and notes from around the NHL. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen today. 
I uh, appreciate uh, anyone who takes the time. And uh, yeah, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at ENC McLaren or at LO underscore Boston Bruins. If you have any feedback, questions, concerns, suggestions, or uh, yeah, anything else. Perhaps tomorrow we'll open up the mailbag. So if you have any questions, fire those over as well. Uh, yeah, have a great rest of the day, friends. We will talk to you tomorrow on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.